Welcome to the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast. I'm Tom Duncan, and joining me this week for a very special episode, uh, we have three international guests for the first time. Um, so, uh, just to introduce them, one is my foreign uncle, uh, my mother's host brother when she was in Germany in, what was that, 83, 84? Uh, and uh, he's two best friends. Okay. All right. Uh, but you guys want to individually introduce yourselves? Yes. My name is Alex. Uh, it's uh, great to be uh, here. Great to, to follow the episode and to be uh, a host of it. Um, yeah, looking forward to, to have uh, some 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 nice things to say about one of my favorite movies. Excellent. This is Thomas. I'm a friend of Alex since we met in a jogging group. <laughs> and we figured out while talking over all this jogging time, we kept on, kept on talking more and more about the movies and TV shows in the old times and figured out that we are almost the same age and that we have pretty much the same thinking about other, other old movies. And we love the same movies. And we know the same jingles. <laughs> yes, we do. So that was pretty and we much. We sing them during our runs. <laughs> we, we sing the singers in in once and let them let the other one guess what it is. So that <laughs> figured out to be pretty funny. Okay. Excellent. So and our third guest. Yes, this is Eva. I'm the wife of Thomas and a friend of Alex and Michi. My um, wife. Yes, <laughs> Alex's wife. Um and. Uh, Yes, my ch yeah, I would say my I'm a I'm a child from the eighties, nineties. So uh, I loved all the eighties stuff and I loved the films, the music, and uh, I love Back to the Future, especially the first episode. So I'd love to watch the movies again. And we all love to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> especially Which is with great you, for a podcast. So, where are you guys coming from? From a, yeah. from a small town yeah. in uh, western Germany yes. called MG Action Town, Mönchengladbach. <laughs> famous Mönchengladbach. Yeah, uh, uh, known from uh, its famous um, soccer, soccer club Borussia Mönchengladbach. Who did have a significant win over the weekend, I will add. No. No, we had. Oh yes, we had. Yeah, yesterday oh, so we like won four to one yes, against uh, oh. Union Berlin. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Pretty so pretty we're close. back on on the third position in the in the Champions first League. division. Uh, Champions League, not uh, yeah. Premier League. First first division, and uh, hope we will have a have a place in Champions League next next oh, year. So? All right. Yeah. Those, those games without any watchers. Yeah. yeah. All right, so you guys ready to talk back to the future? Yes, we Absolutely. are. Absolutely. All right, so um, we will cut it there. All right, so the first thing we do on every podcast is what is your relationship to this movie? So which of you would like to start? Um, yes, I watched it uh, in the mosque, of course. Um, all things I learned in the 80s, I learned from my brother, Matthias. He's three years older. 
So everything um, he brought home, he showed me. So um, it's the movies, um, it's the future, it's whatever, you know. It's the music, uh, the music he listened to, I listened to. Uh, the 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 games he played, I listened to it. Um, um, that's how I got into the eighties. Okay. And we still love the movies. We got all the DVD uh, special versions. I get. I guess we have three DVD boxes. <laughs> uh, the last one had uh, two more minutes of of special features, and we of course need to have it. <laughs> yeah, and we love well, to talk about it. Next well, one. Okay. Who's up? I Alex, you're a much bigger fan than I, I am, seems like, because I don't have any DVD box of this, or VHR, or VCR. Um, yeah, I'm a TV child. In the 80s, TV on, there you go. Whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Something. It was not so much because we already had uh, uh, three, three programs. Three programs. But there was pay TV, so they had much more, but you had to pay for it. Ah, okay. Uh, my parents were poor. We had no pay TV. We had no, no pay TV. Never pay TV. And whatever comes, you watch it. It's Star Wars A Team, of course, famous, very famous. Uh, David Hasselhoff, Night Rider, oh, yes. and so on. Of course. And that starts kind one of. One computer, one with man. car. One car. <laughs> with a car. And here are the most mm. famous cars of the 80s, which is, of course, oh, the yeah. Night Industries 2000 and the DeLorean from Doc and Matt Brown. DCM 12. This movie was one of many, many movies I have watched in the 80s, and there were so many I have forgotten already. <laughs> and this one is one of the few ones. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. And that's something we talked about before. This is a movie when it comes in, uh, when it gets cast, uh, when, you, when you see it in TV, you just blow things with the channels and you see it, you just stay with it. No matter if you're in the beginning or in the, in the end, you can stay with it, you can watch it all time again. And when you, have, when you have watched it half a year ago and you jump on it, you keep going watching it because this is just, you can watch all the time. Yeah, there are certain movies that you grow up with that um, kind of stick with you that way. I didn't exactly grow up with this. Um, it's actually only the second time I've seen it. Um, oh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but uh, let's jump in. Ava, what's your uh, relationship to this movie? Uh, my relationship is that I watched it the first time at my best friend's house. So they had paid to we, we, we hadn't. So they showed me the movie, we watched it together, and I was absolutely fascinated by the story and all the, all the pictures, the car, the story, the characters, and uh, yeah, yeah, I liked it, and every time I was out of my youth. So uh, for everybody listening, I know this is a very... Um, pop culture movie that um, there are not a lot of people that aren't familiar, at least generally, with this movie. But uh, just for background, uh, in this 1980s sci-fi classic, small-town California teen Marty McFly, played by Michael J. Fox, is thrown back into the 50s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend, Doc Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, goes awry. 
Traveling through time in a modified DeLorean car, Marty encounters young versions of his parents, paid, played by Crispin Glover and Leah Thompson, and must make sure that they fall in love or he'll cease to exist. Even more dauntingly, Marty has to return to his own time and save the life of Doc Brown. So, um, just taking through uh, the basic quick pieces of this, uh, this was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, Original Song for Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News, and Sound Mixing. It also won for Best Sound Effects. Um, it appears as the AFI's 10th best sci- uh, sci-fi movie of all time and is part of the United States National Film Registry as of 2007. So, uh, the next question we usually go to, what is this movie about? If you were to suggest this to somebody um, and uh, they asked you the immediate question everybody always does, what is this movie about? Was that yours? Oh, that's fun. Um, I guess I would have two top topics for this movie. One is a great view of the 80s. Um, of course, from like today or let's say from 1985, okay? But it's a really great, really nice movie showing the 80s in a very, um, how should I say it? Romantic, very nice style, a little bit, um, a little bit close to some other movies about the 80s. Um, so that that is one big thing for me. The other one is, of course, and clearly this is one of the clear best and um, most interesting as well as scientific time travel movies. And I think this is absolutely clear. So um, if if I were to sell this to anybody, I think I would list it as a fun popcorn adventure movie about a time-traveling teenager. All right. Uh, anybody else? What would you pitch as this? What is this movie about? Yeah. It's um, two things about it. It's one thing um, um, that the, uh, the teenager learns to be self-confident by uh, um, traveling back in time to to see uh, um, what is uh, needed to be uh, uh, to be better um, to to teach uh, uh, his own father being the man he used to be He, he starts being a better himself. I don't know if mm-hmm. it is uh, understandable what I said. Um, that's the main thing, I guess. Okay. All right, so... Thomas, did um, you get my words? You're kind of fading in a little loud. I'll probably have to record something here at the top of the um, podcast, basically to just... Um, let everybody know that uh, we had some technical glitching, but you know it is a podcast, and people listen to it sometimes for the unabridged, unedited version, with all of its flaws and whatnot. So, all good. Fine. So, uh, we will go into our normal categories here. Then, um, what does everybody have down for? Who was their best performance of the movie? Now, this could be director, um, it could be a technical person, 
It could be um, the casting director uh, or any of the actors. So uh, I had down Michael J. Fox. Um, I think he's probably the most memorable person of this movie. Uh, He's the main title character, but everything about it stems from his um, performance and his charisma and... Um, yeah, you know, I mean, this movie is famous his for that. and his uh, guitar playing, of course. <laughs> well, naturally. But, you know, this movie is famous for having another actor for the first five weeks and then um, realizing it didn't work. And, you know, I don't think there are too many other people that could have played this role at this time in the same way and okay. been able to do it. It's same with Christopher Lloyd. I couldn't imagine another yeah. character for Doc Brown as Christopher yeah, Lloyd. This, so. this mad scientist with this uh, kind of, of overacting and uh, yeah. like a like a um, like a conductor, dirigent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was so special and this uh, makes it so brilliant. Yeah. Um, and the relation they have to each other. They're, they're like, they're more than friends, they're family. Yeah, yeah. and that's, um, yeah, they, 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 they uh, able to transport it to the pub, uh, to the watchers. Kind of an unhealthy um, relation, at least for parents. No parent was, wants their teenager to have a friendly relation to a crazy scientist like him. <laughs> That's somebody like what no parent would want for their child. But it worked pretty in good in this one. In 1985? Yeah. In 1985, okay. I would say yes. That's but well, okay. Probably not. You know, I, I know that it's... Well, I'll get back around to it. I, I have a discussion point on that eventually. But... Um, Okay, so that takes us to best scene. Uh, so here are a few of the nominees that I picked out. Um, Marty inventing skateboarding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I really wonder if this was even almost realistic, having those kids with this yeah. kind of skateboard with the casting around, what uh, Marty just pulled away. <clears throat> Is well, this something what has happened, happened in the 50s? It, it was kind of the pre-scooter, um, if you know what that means. Are yeah. you familiar? Okay, yeah. So they kind of had a scooter, and they he broke the front part off and then just used it as a skateboard. So I think that that is accurate to... Uh, at least small town American like transportation or whatever for small kids. Um, not in the same way. Most kids were using bicycles. Let's let's be honest. But they seen in, cleverly in put. What was that? Yes, um, that um, um, Michael J. Fox had to do a little uh, video clip for uh, Australian uh, audience. Uh, that it's uh, dangerous to um, to, to put, uh, behind a car. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. It really happened. Maybe I can so find the, like the, the clip warning, on. Uh, yeah, it's like like a warning clip. Okay. That reminds me. That reminds me on the. On I did the... that. Uh, um, 
I, I used my skateboard and um, used it behind a, uh, um, a bike, yeah. a bicycle. Mm -hmm. It, was, it Ma worked great. Many people did it. Yeah, yeah. it all works, works great until it happens, uh, turns to an accident. This reminds me, when you say Australia, this reminds me to dump ways to die. I, that's what exactly wanted, yeah. wanted to ask you. Because this was because as well in the Australian clip from the Australian public transfer, um, transfer. I don't know what, agency or company. So don't do stupid things. Instead, uh, instead you want to die. Yeah. So when you say typical Australian, maybe they are very typical for being careful or let uh, warning people for dangers, especially in transport system. There might be something about the Australians yeah. regarding this. George McFly knocks out Biff. Ah, George knocking out Biff. Yeah, we had that just um, this intense screenplay of an actor who I find very interesting, Crispin Glover. His face, his his impression, the way how he's closing his fist, his shaking. Yep. And when you say he's a kind of a creepy guy, yes, can't deny it. But this, but from from the very point. first beginning, you he knows uh, uh, himself that he's more intelligent, that he's the better guy than Biff is. But he's a nerd. He has yes, no chance. Yes, he's a nerd. Yes, of course. He is um, the, the, the typical thing. Like in all teenage high school movies, there are the, the muscle guys and the nerds. Yep. And um, especially in, in newer movies, you uh, have uh, very often the, uh, the, the, the changing point that in the end, the nerds are the, the, winner. the winners and the muscle guys are the losers. Very funny in Big Bang Theory, these... <laughs> This subject, <laughs> and here uh, it's it's a classic when the nerd turns to the winner, like Can't Buy Me Love and so many other mm -hmm. teeny movies. Yeah, I think but it was it, a recurring theme throughout the '80s that you had this kind of dynamic where, um, yeah, I mean, Revenge of the scene, Nerds. I, it was, um, you know. One best scene of, of this turning point nerd into, yeah, let's say winner. One of the best scenes of the 80s movies at all, where you see this this changing. So I, I do believe that, I don't know if this is the best scene, but it might be the most pivotal to the whole plot of the movie. Um, this is kind of that whole turning point. Even though um, Marty is still disappearing until... Um, George kind of gets the courage to uh, kiss Lorraine. Um, it's still the one part that they've been building towards the entire movie, where Actually, George... What you're, just, what you're just referring to is, when you ask me, uh, the most useless scene of the movie. Because yeah. when, that, that is what I really dislike. George hit down Biff and became yeah. kind of the winner, which is all good, fine, the, this is beautiful for a movie like this, but why it was necessary to put that scene in? Yeah. When um, the second guy, the second yeah, uh, yeah. creepy, non-useless guy, was taking away his girl, and he was like turning around and going away like he's usually doing, but then just appearing, 
I mean, it was, of course, to make it Marty was... almost falling down, losing his hand and yeah, so yeah. on. But this it was scene... just a happening scene. It was yeah. not because of George, it was for Marty. It was, this scene was in only for Marty to make this more into George, it was... Um, that was uh, unnecessary. They should have done it differently. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I would tend to agree that this this whole part of the plot is more unnecessary because even from the first moment that Biff appears and he's kind of um, giving George a hard time when they're adults yet, before Marty ever goes back in time, uh, the whole you know uh, arc of the movie is building towards him finally standing up for himself, taking on the guy that's picked on him, and then um, having the confidence to win the girl. So to have that you know be undone almost by something else and have this extra added part of it. Yes, I know it gets us to the whole Michael J. Fox kind of getting confidence in himself by um, being able to you know play the guitar and do that whole scene, and that is fun. It does kind of give you an underwhelming moment where they come back in and kind of cut that um, scene at the knees a little bit. All right, so next scene I had as a nominee, the clock tower sequence. <laughs> the biggest problem on the clock tower sequence for me, <laughs> since I'm a kind of a logical person, I'm a technician, <laughs> was really the unlogical part of it. <clears throat> I mean, the idea of using the power of a lightning <laughs> and wait, wait a second, wait a second. The yeah, idea of using <laughs> the idea of using the, uh, the flat. energy of, of to use it for yeah, like this, like a time machine, is per se not too bad. But the way how this was here implemented, I've kind of kind of a big problem with it. As okay. What we know from lightnings is uh, lightning lasts like. A tenth, maybe a quarter second. But here we're talking about a car which is running with 88 miles per hour down a street. It has a hook. The hook will touch a cable, which is... A and it will touch this cable for, yes, a tenth of a second. Maybe it, will bend, it will bend a little bit and then it will untouch it again, so it will lose it again. So yes, the tens of a second on the one end, which is the time of the lightning, and the tens of a second, how long this cable will be touched by the hook of the car. And exactly four That's minutes fast. after 10 p.m., <laughs> when the lightning hit into the clock. And then, then we talk about a little, a little clock, which has to be uh, winded by the little screw at the end, and it rings, and the car doesn't start, and we have a a speed of the car which is not 100% defined. So this is logically a big, big problem <laughs> that the car is exactly the same tenth of a second on the cable where it has to be. Just going back a little bit, we know at what minutes, <laughs> minutes the lightning hits the clock. We don't know at what tenth of a second it hits it. So this right. scene is, from the technical side, completely unlogical. Nonsense. All but right. it's Hold a on. movie, Hold on. and I don't care <laughs> about it. I really yes. do not care about it. Okay, so that is the first argument, that you have to, in a lot of these movies, 
suspend disbelief. First of all, <laughs> if you shoot at a air tank that a sh- giant shark has swallowed, it's not going to blow up the shark. There are so <laughs> many things in movies that don't How make sense. How can you know this? How often <laughs> have you tried this? <laughs> Okay, I didn't have to because the Mythbusters did that one. But even so, like there are certain <laughs> things. <laughs> Mythbusters and fans. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Did, okay. did they try the lightning thing? <laughs> I don't know about that one. That one would be incredibly difficult in order to do or to like recreate exactly. But well, first we tried all, it. No cars in the future. <laughs> okay. I understand your um difficulty in that there are 60 seconds and you're doing a tenth of it. Okay, fine. But here's the other piece of it. What they're doing with the DeLorean is, is it's basically a tow hook in the same way that they land fighter jets on an aircraft carrier and that it has a little bit of give. So you don't have a tenth of a second. You probably have, you know, maybe a one or two seconds and that you're hoping that it works out. So there is a little bit of a technicality, but it's not nearly as rigid as you're making it out to be. There is a little bit of give to the whole thing because he does leave the tow hook as like, I think when the scene concludes, the tow hook is still in the past and the car is in the future or the present or however you want to put it. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's probably a slightly bigger window than you've made it out to be. And, uh, Furthermore, uh, Doc built this little uh, the, um, yes, the model. Uh, the model, the model yeah. uh, not in the in the right uh, size, and he, he yeah, did not paint it. Uh, so maybe he, he did some yeah. some uh, fails in the in the calculation <laughs> in the in the, yeah <laughs> in transmission. This maybe caught on seconds. <laughs> on the technical level, technical thing. What about a car being a pterodactyl? Uh, Every car is okay. a pterodactyl. So how can the lightning I... put the energy? Uh, that is, yeah, the that is easy. That is actually not directly into the flux compensator. That works. Yeah, that part is the, technically explainable. Yeah. That's okay. But okay, is it? Uh, yeah, when you have a the hood should should uh, melt away that, with that so much lightning, energy. Uh, car, no, it works. That uh, works. That works. Absorbs the lightning, so that it's not possible to go in the hook. No, 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 no. That works when it's a conductor let it let into the flux capacitor. It works. That is technically okay. unrealistic, see, yes, but it works. Yeah, that's your 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 entire you premise that's, is that yeah. we're talking about a movie about a flux capacitor which doesn't even exist. So all of the rest of this could be explained away by... One moment, Tom. Of course it exists. You you saw the movie. You saw the <laughs> engine. You saw the, the lightning on the on the flux compass. Of course it... And uh, me and a friend of mine, we rebuilt it uh, 20 years oh. ago uh, for, for a school project Ooh. to uh, uh, Opel Omega. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And we did a, a, a right. time traveling... <laughs> Of course we did. <laughs> cool. And we uh, put some some fuel on the ground to have that, that <laughs> no. fire light. Oh, it was great. What? I have to show you the video. I I, I have okay. it on uh, VHS. Great. So you can't say it doesn't exist. All right. So my next scene, since we already had a technical argument, I'm gonna make a different technical argument. All right. 
the Two Pines Mall, what mall parking lot in America can you actually get up to 88 miles an hour in? (laughs) There is no way in that smallest space he's going to be able to accelerate that quickly while running away from these other Libyans that are trying to gun him down in a van. Uh, in the drawing, it does not have a Porsche uh, engine. Yeah. It has an electric engine. Yes. And electric cars have a and very oh, high yeah, torque yeah, yeah. from yes. the beginning. Yes. The acceleration of electric cars is great. And when this car has a plutonium energy <laughs> source with 1.21 gigawatt, then the electric motor in the car can accelerate it <laughs> extremely fast to 88 miles. Yes. USA. 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 <laughs> So this part works. Okay. <laughs> Did you say 1.21 gigawatts? Confirmed. <laughs> you are out. <laughs> it's confirmed. <laughs> All right. Electrical technician, I like the big technical mistake with the 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> That's my favorite <laughs> translating mistake. And um, I- I've worked on technical level with Americans. I've uh, spent some time in Illinois in a company. And I know that the, uh, in America, the point is used the same way as in Germany, the comma. And um, ah. you're using yeah, the comma. That's a point. You're yeah. using the comma kind of not at all in numbers. And if you use it, it's like not existing, like we are using the point. So when you write 1000.50, it's one comma zero 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 point five zero, and for yeah. us it's exactly the different thing. It's one point, if so, zero 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 point uh, comma five zero. Now that's something we you need to know. And the one point twenty one gigawatt <laughs> is translated in German as one point twenty one gigawatt, which is one and two different points. Point one, sorry, subject one. <laughs> Is, it has to be yeah. It has to be one comma twenty one. That would be correct in the German language. And uh, the second mistake, you would not say one comma twenty one. In German technology, you would say one comma two one. After the comma, okay. say the uh, where the separate numbers. Yeah. So that hit me in the beginning, and I was. <laughs> Uh, always technical. And a scientist mind. would never, would never, never mix that up. I no. thought it was like one, some very special science, rocket <laughs> science, super high special thing. We had no clue about it. <laughs> but in the end, it was just this freaking mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so I have it's a solution like for the you. The movie Quickly. Do you know the, with oh, Tom Selleck? Yeah, Quickly. Quickly the Australian. Australian. Yeah. In Germany, it's called. Quickly, the Australian, and it's the only guy which is not an Australian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical yeah, German mistake. Huh? Yeah, he's right. the Isaac Dismissions. Yeah. <laughs> but mine so I have, I have a solution for the you. Watch oh, yeah, okay. all American movies in English. It takes care of all of it. Ah, <laughs> sure, that helps. Sure, that helps. <laughs> but there's one problem with this. We are Germans. We are lazy. Well, welcome to being an American. <laughs> I like the scene where Doc Brown is uh, after the car has disappeared and the um, 
the two fire stripes are and he yeah. he realizes that his plan he's worked dancing. and he's dancing in the streets and so yeah. shouting out yeah ho, ho, ho. and then he goes home and everything is gone for him this is uh, yeah until so, um, the third movie and he doesn't look different from the 1955 to 85 30 years and he a bit so do not so, look different um, just from the clothes but yeah. Yeah. Nothing more. Just dancing in All right. That was a good happy, shot. Um, good shot. Yeah. It was very nice seeing him so happy dancing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what of these is your favorite scene then? Okay. Most favorite scene? <laughs> Each scene that shows the DeLorean. Because uh, <laughs> some years ago I had the opportunity to drive that car. And yeah. it was, for me, I can't explain that. That was... It was like a dream. <laughs> it's not just a car. It's not just like a, a, a nice car, a nice looking car. For me, the DeLorean always will be the time machine. Always. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, right. It would be the equivalent like, of like me the, getting like to hold the lightsaber. From Night Rider. Yeah, always night be keep yeah. the kit. So yeah, it's yeah. every black Pontiac Trans Am yeah. is kit. So and every DeLorean was, um, is, a, is a time machine. Yeah. We went to a bachelor party and uh, we had a very nice dinner in uh, some kind of... A diner. A diner. Uh, American style diner. 50, 60 location, like a... Mm-hmm. a With a school bus where they served uh, you the yeah, diner. Big, yeah, it was a big school bus. Yeah, right. And the very special thing was by chance, not planned, there was a DeLorean meeting, meeting. Oh. in so Germany. We, we got out after the dinner to go to go on partying and we went out and there were standing five, six, seven DeLoreans. And then we watching around the corner there were more DeLoreans and then we counted them down to thirty two. Thirty two DeLoreans. So, oh. And at least five of them had flux capacitors in it. <laughs> Not kidding. So good. Working ones, of it course. Was so cool. <laughs> it was just a problem with the um, with the plutonium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but you can, were, but in were... 85, you can uh, get it in each corner yeah, drugstore, okay, of course. In 55, it's much harder to get to. A couple even had the chance to make pictures in it. Yeah. So that was completely by chance, not planned, and no, there were 32 DeLoreans. And everywhere in the world, you can drive as a DeLorean. All people get out their smartphones, make picture of it. Yeah. Just so a, go, no. such a special car. So you can great. have a Humvee, you can have a Porsche, you can have a Lamborghini. Whatever nobody you want. A 55 Ferrari, so but the DeLorean oh, is the one, oh, always. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Well, I mean, it's not only that that car is no longer made, that company no longer exists. Uh, <laughs> it was the American Motor Company where uh, my great uncles used to work. And even that doesn't exist because there used to be a plant not too far from me. So, all right. Uh, I, I would I would uh, choose the DeLorean if I had a chance between a Ferrari and a DeLorean. <laughs> I would take the DeLorean. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes. A Trans M, a black Trans M, and a DeLorean. <gasps> Oh, come on. Not such an easy choice. Black uh, Trans Am, which so, is making... Some years uh, I already had the, the chance to drive kit, and uh, the, the owner told me, 
uh, kids are getting uh, weird now because um, one said, oh, look, that's Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty bad. Mm. Pretty bad. 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 Oh. <laughs> well, especially because there are like seven different versions of the Batmobile now. Huh? Sorry? There are like seven different versions of the Batmobile by this point. I mean, you have the... Seven. Uh, there's the Tim Burton one. There's the Michael Schumacher one. There's the Christopher Nolan one. There's going to be the Matt Reeves one. There was the 1967 or 60s Adam West version. Yes. There was one from Batman the Animated Series. So that's six. Yes. How about the comics? The comics have had different versions appear multiple times. Okay. There was also one in the 1940s serials that was different than the 60s version. In uh, the Joel Schumacher's movies, uh, there have been two different ones, I guess. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. I think it did change from uh, Batman Forever to Batman and Robin. But yeah. I don't bother watching those movies because they're terrible. Yeah. So. Ugly. Yes. Totally but ugly. I, uh, the worst uh, movie most... with Arnold Schwarzenegger ever. Oh, yes. Batman and Robin. But I like Alicia Silverstone, but I'm not allowed to say that in public because she's blonde. Anyway, uh, uh, my my most favorite uh, Batmobile is the Tim Burton one. Of course. It's great. A big black downforce car with the, it looks so great. The setting of the whole movie is is Great. Yeah. Absolutely great. Uh, Tim Burton. Well, Tim Burton. We can come back and have you guys review 1989 Batman with me at a different point. So. <laughs> All right. So that's in English. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. So that's probably a good spot to cut for right now uh, for a word from our sponsor. And now I want to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It gives you smart creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer and helps you distribute them to all the major platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and more. Plus, they help to hook you up with sponsorships like this one no matter the listener size, which will help help you fund your podcast. And best yet, it's free to use. Look, if you've ever had an itch to talk and express yourself about a topic you like, there is no better time than 2020 to do so. I've started two podcasts this year alone, including this one, and we use Anchor for each and every episode. So what do you have to lose? Download the free Anchor app and or go to anchor.fm to get started making your own podcast today. Welcome back to the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast. Uh, so uh, we're getting into best lines. So uh, anybody have any nominees? I have, like, seven here. <laughs> All right, so here's a few of the ones, and I'll just slightly pause after each of these uh, for the connection. But uh, if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, <laughs> you're going to see some serious shit. That's, that's a good one. All right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. What about uh, McFly? Are... Someone at home? McFly? Yeah, well... <laughs> Do you call me a coward? Yeah, <laughs> genau. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. No uh, one calls me a yeah, chicken. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. 
Are you telling me you built a time machine out of the DeLorean? <laughs> the way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Well, maybe <clears throat> they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Ooh, the Libyans. <laughs> the Libyans. <laughs> what about the, the uh, when, when Marty and George... Um, are uh, um, oh my, my my father is a um... no 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 not that one uh, when they are um the üben, when they practicing oh, the yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, yeah the between when and Lorraine oh put your fingers off her yeah <laughs> you great whatever <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> I like very much when Marty was uh, meeting his uncle Joey better get used to this basket. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, then tell me, future boy, who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald <laughs> Reagan? Reagan? The, actor? the actor? And who's the vice president? Jerry Lewis? I suppose Jane Wyman is the first lady? <laughs> and the, the um, uh, verteidigungsminister? Um, uh, Minister of, of, the, um, of Secretary Defense. of Defense. Defense. <laughs> Great one. Uh, All right. Uh, the the um, um, it's a museum. The the house of Doc Brown. Actually, you can um, you can visit it. Still. Sure. Marty is always saying heavy. Yeah. <laughs> When he finds somebody very strange, he's strong, saying, he's saying heavy. And the Dr. saying, is there a problem with Earth's gravitational <laughs> power in the future? Why is everything so heavy? <laughs> Sorry, guys, you're too loud. <laughs> Mr. Huey Lewis said that in the movie. Yes, that's true. The composer of the, of the song. Great. Our kids are going follow up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes, uh, that's uh, um, one one more line uh, after the Johnny B. Good song. How um, oh, is uh, the English line? Nach dem nach dem Lied, after the song. Aber deine Kinder fahren da voll drauf ab. Eure Kinder fahren da voll drauf ab. We're looking for the line. But your kids will like it. Yeah. You may not be yeah, a, something like you may a, you may a, not be ready for it, but your kids will like it. After yeah. he made he yeah, performed yeah. the song Johnny Be Good, and uh, he gets over it a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't know what it was in English, but this yeah. was this very good one. Yeah. All right, uh, next one I had. Hey Doc, you'd better back up. We don't have enough road to get to eighty-eight. Yes, roads. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need Oops. roads. <laughs> Great one. Wie wär's mit einer Spazierfahrt, Mister? That's pretty good. Mm, romantic. All right. Also, How my nominee Mr. for funniest line, Calvin. W why do you keep calling me Calvin? <laughs> That's your name, isn't it? Calvin Klein? It's written all over your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's uh, a rerunner. I've seen that already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, last one I had. What if I send it in and they don't like it? What if they say I'm no good? What if they say, get out of here, kid. You got no future. I mean, I just don't think I can take that kind of rejection. Jesus, I'm starting to sound like my old man. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever do so? <laughs> I like very much when 
when in the end... You're Doug a slacker! Brown... You're a slacker! <laughs> Your dad was a slacker too! <laughs> Doug Brown was shot, <laughs> and he just stand up and Marty was asking him, what about all this talk about screwing up future yeah. events? <laughs> this space-time continuum? And Doug answers, well, I figured, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Your future oh, yeah. hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is what you make it, so make it a good one. This is pretty deep. I think this is the, uh, the, 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 the essence of the film. Yeah. So, and there was the kind of the end of the film, of the third yeah. movie, right? So the future is what you make of it. Yeah. So, um... so and all the right. the score fits perfectly into it, doesn't it? Yeah, I think naturally. I, it, and it's, it's probably, it was the uh, first time in, in Hollywood history that... Uh, uh, that they they had a 98 people orchestra for the score never before they had that not for star wars yet oh that's interesting yeah and of course which was in the 80s kind of new the um the last scene when doc emmett brown appeared again from the future with his time machine and picked up Marty and, of course, Jennifer. And then he said, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Yeah. So this was when it, they were... That was in the movie kind of new. In, in the movies. They were, in, they were um, starting, kind of starting already the next movie. In the end of the first movie. But it was a gag. It was never planned to do a... Um, uh, uh, it was not... A it was, sequel. Yeah, yes. It was just a gag. But it was greatly made. Yeah, of course it was. And, and it was, a, uh, in 1985, a, a great uh, special effect. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. When it started yeah, flying. Right, yeah. Streets, we don't need any streets. Yes, yeah. yes. All right. So that takes us to the all-important piece of doing the podcast and where this is going to fit in eventually on uh, the list of um, our greatest movies of all time. So that, that takes us to the grading section of the podcast. Um, first uh, category, as we usually do, legacy. Uh, for example, on this one, and I'll make my argument. This is, um, if you ask anybody to make in a list of you know quintessential or top movies of the 80s, this is going to be in just about everybody's top 10 to understand the culture, to understand the time period of what it was like. Um, this movie has had legs. It's been seen by, you know, most people. Um, I don't know if it's in the same category with kids of uh, the modern age. So anybody under about 15, I don't know if this resonates in the same way. But this is a movie that um, is pretty high up on a, a legacy score as far as um, a um, favorite of Hollywood still comes around, still talked about. Um, so I graded it out as a nine and a half out of ten. Uh, anybody else? I would do it a ten because uh, if you're talking about the eighties, you always talk about Back to the Future. Yeah. I, the only reason I wouldn't put it as a straight ten is um like 
boy, it, it, I, I, how to put it? But you know, I have a very difficult. Uh, as, a, as a teacher, time. there are teachers that will never give an A plus. Never. I yeah, I understand your point. <laughs> I I'm trying to reserve it for the like, you know, maybe a handful of movies that have a certain <laughs> legacy. Because they uh they say that uh that uh there's always but I. It's a story killing. It's a score. It's the characters. It's a story. There's so many positive things about it. So sure. it's a 10. Why not? Give it a 10. All right. And I, it's I, worth. I, I agree. I go with Alex because we see it from our point. We are here in Germany. And we are older than you are. <laughs> and we are Listen older. to the wise oh, man. Oh, oh, oh. Don't German give me that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the healthy Germans no. with Angela in front. <laughs> oh my God! No. Okay, that was the she wise. That was the wise German. But I agree with Alex because here um, you must see that we here in Germany don't um, see every movie that you see, and the fifties and the in USA we only know from some movies. And one of the movies which shows us the 50s in USA, <laughs> or maybe should say the movie which shows us the 50 in the USA, is Back to the Future. There might be few others, but not very many. So, yes, I give it a 10. Alright. Eva, something to say? Just yeah, agree? I would, yeah, I would like to agree. Um, I give it 9 to 10 because I like the, the, the playing of uh, the, yeah, some kind of role models of this time. During, referring to the 50s as referring to the 80s. So they're, they're playing with the prejudices of this time. So as Marty appeared with this um, red uh, uh, west arm. Yeah. And uh, he's asked if he's wearing a life vest and um, yeah, playing some kind of show playing with the, the 50s styles, like yeah. we think the 50s were in America. So yeah. um, when you ask me the biggest so this showing of these two periods of time, I like it. The two biggest movies talking about the 50s and actually we have in both movies kind of a time shift is, uh, of course, Back to the Future, and the next one is Pleasant Will. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great, uh, yeah. Pleasant Will. So, um, but Pleasant Will only shows the, the, the um, uh, TV, uh, TV version, TV of, the version of the 50s, not the 50s. Yes. Back to the Future shows the 50s. The yeah. TV version of the 50s, which, how you know it in so many old TV shows is something what we don't know at all. In Germany, TV version of the 50s in the United States, we don't have any examples. Sometimes when you just uh, drive down the road, there are so many little um, little cities, little towns, uh, they still look like the 50s or 60s in, in the US. We don't have that in Germany. Yeah. So you have another eye on it, of course. A different point of view. Yeah, when we go in this the old stuff, we might see some little traces from, yeah, maybe not medieval times, but from um, 
from maybe 100 years ago and um, old little we see of course yeah traces from the medieval times but oh, as well more than traces. bigger things from like 100 years ago but um, this um, this big thing kind of big thing what are the 50s in the United States this is something what we are kind of missing this way specifically regarding how it was in the United States. It was for us a much, much different time, of course, because the 50s was for us a time of um, starving and so on. Nobody loves to talk about this. The 50s? This was just short about after the World yeah, War II? Yeah, this was uh, uh, also the time of beginning the so-called Yeah, late, late, late 50s. Late 50s was the... Yeah, yeah. Just wonder. The uh, starting uh, to travel to Italy. In, to, industry no? uh, going up and so on. Uh, yeah. Because of the help of the British, American, English yeah. to build up a wall against uh, UDSSR. Yeah, that, that was the beginning of the 60s. That was all political uh, um, made in Germany. So not normally grown. grown. So, if it was you different for us. Normals, it's quite the same. So. Women stays at home, men go to yeah. work. Okay, that's uh, that's the same. So if you okay, uh, all right, impact significance, probably one of the biggest movies of the eighties, um, and if not the biggest, uh, as far as pop culture, uh, I there are probably a couple of others that you would nominate. You know, Ghostbusters, Ferris Bueller, um, Top Gun yeah. that are gonna be easily in that Star list. Wars. Star well Wars. it depends on which one because the original Star Wars is 77 but Empire is 80. Now I've maintained that the most important sequel ever made is um the Empire Strikes Back because it really established yeah. franchise films where you know modern films especially with how Hollywood is going right now you know you have Netflix and some of these small independent studios but the big studios Right now, all they're focusing on is building franchise movies. So they make one movie so that they can make four movies. Um, you know, yes, whether that's the Avengers uh, or Batman easy, or... Uh, easy earning money. Well, it's an established thing that they can make sure that they, if they're going to spend a lot of money, they're going to get a rate of return on. So there are not a lot of properties that where you're going to go to that. But this is kind of that second wave where you still don't have... Um, the same level of franchises, but this is kind of that next step of, of different movies where you had multiple ones. Um, this comes before, uh, it, not before the original Terminator, but before uh, Terminator 2 had happened, because there was a significant gap between Terminator 1 Terminator 2. Uh, this happens before Jurassic or the Jurassic Park movies. This happens before the Batman movies. Um the only one I would say that's uh, in that original Star Wars category is is that you'd had multiple Superman movies at this point that had turned into a franchise, so that might be the one. But this is that next wave of where you start to see certain franchises picking up. Um, so the other thing, and I've mentioned it multiple times, uh, is that this is the first significant time travel movie and still has, you know, any other movie that's going to use time travel as a significant plot device, this is um, what they build it on. Or, you know, even though Avengers kind of, 
uses their own version of certain things with um, time travel and doesn't obey many of the rules, they still address it because this movie has drilled into the heads of so many people what time travel is and the rules for time travel and, you know, the butterfly effect of one little thing here then um, affects something over here and et cetera, et cetera. So but now you're talking as, about not only one movie, but yeah. you're talking about the complete series. When Doc Brown was explaining this to Marty in the second movie, this is what you're taking into account, right? Well, I mean, you take some of that is still played out by this original piece because everything he's doing in the past still affects his present or what will yeah. be his present. So by that definition... I don't think this is the most impactful movie in the history of cinema, but it's still high up there for inspiring a next generation of filmmakers, of um, doing a, a bunch of different sound and um, techniques uh, effects that, um, you know, you start advancing. If it not for something like this, you know, is Spielberg going to take that next big leap of going to Jurassic Park? Now, mind you, I think it's possible because he had already done Jaws, But, you know, certain movies build on other movies. And the adventure yes. films of the 80s give way to a lot of uh, what we were able to do in the 90s and the 2000s as far as um, special effects and building certain worlds. Um, so as far as impact and significance, I gave it a nine for that reason. I'm not sure how to comment this, really. Yeah. Well, is, um... I always try and look in a bigger picture kind of view. This is significant, but is it the most significant of movies? It's not just, you know, where this movie grades out, but you have to think of it in context of movies as a whole. Because the whole show is trying to be built around finding the greatest movie of all time. And this can be one of them, but, you know, is where does it stack up on that list? And that's where we're trying to go. When we're talking about time travel movies, I think, um, yes, mm -hmm. this is very, very important. Yeah. Um, this is, um, what should I say? When you look at Back to the Future, and this was so early showing such a, um, how should I say, scientific way of time traveling mm -hmm. with so, many, um, so much input, so much technical input, technical explanation, showing a real theory of time traveling. There are many theories of time traveling. Talk to the guys of Big Bang Theory, then you get many of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, different dimensions, same dimensions, timelines, and so on. It's all very interesting if you are, if you are into um, sci-fi. So many movies, so many um, systems have picked it up, taken this theory of time travel as they have in Back to the Future, or taken different theories of time travel. And I think when we're talking about time travel on the screen, then there are two things, two, two names, which are really big, which mm -hmm. is one, 
Back to the Future. Yeah, that's the first benchmark. The first Absolutely. Benchmark. I agree. And the second one, not far away time-wise, is when you ask me Back to the Back with Sam Beckett. Yeah, Sam uh, Quantum Leap. Quantum League. Quantum League. Quantum League. But it's not a cinema, it's a TV series. It's a TV, yeah. sh it's a TV show. Yeah. Quantum League. Thank you. Who, uh, Sam Beckett sent himself... Do you know it? Dean Stockwell? I've heard uh, of it. I don't think I've ever watched it. Quantum okay. League. This is this? Quantum, Quantum Leap. Quantum yeah. League. He's okay. um, uh, traveling uh, between his own uh, lifetime. Um, okay. It was a great show. I loved it. Uh, in the early really good. 90s. Dean Stockwell? In Stockwell, yeah. So this is. And um, he, he always had to to um, repair things that happened wrong in the past to make it uh, better for the future. Correct in the past. This is yeah. a little bit strange and different, but um, regarding Back to the Future and Quantum League, these are the really things which started to bringing us TV sitter guys um, into the <clears throat> question of time traveling. And okay. after that, all the others came, like Terminator and so on. Sure. So, yeah. You gave so, it a nine. I agree. Okay. What are, there you, not, what are the not other many thoughts here? Movies, uh, well, the, well, the second movie is better than the first one. Uh -huh. um, Back to the Future is not part of that. No. Terminator is. If Terminator is... And yeah. uh, Star Wars maybe, but uh, Terminator, the second part works even if you do not know the first one. Star Wars, you have to know the first one. So, a little difference. Um, maybe. I think you could possibly watch Empire and it works, although you don't have the same relationship to the characters. Um, when you're young, you see uh, uh, lightsabers. Okay. <laughs> they can tell you the most bullshit they have lightsabers. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> what works was uh, what work was um, 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 and cute little Ewoks. Return, yeah. Return of the Jedi, which was the first Star Wars movie the I third. saw ever. The third that works great because I had the Ewoks and I had I Carrie Ewoks. Fisher in the not so much dress. No. So that oh, yeah. works very good for me. That was. I'm not allowed Star to talk movie. about this. She's not blonde. No. Uh, she's not blonde, it. but yeah. blonde. anyway. And she's dead. Yeah, anyway, we could talk about Heather Thomas. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we are hitting different subjects here. <laughs> All right, so, but what do the other two have for scores? <clears throat> or are we okay no, with it just being at nine? We, repeat this, please. So what do the other two have down for scores, or are we okay with this just being a nine? Yeah, yeah. Nine, nine and a half. Okay, so we have another one in there. Because it's uh, a movie that uh, uh, touched me in my early, mm. early life, and I will never forget it. And uh, if you think about movies where you can follow every word, not every yeah. line, every word, word by word. And you enjoy looking it again and again yeah. and again and again. And after looking it again and again, you start watching it in, in English. <laughs> and you see some more details. And you Space love balls. it. 
<laughs> you love it again and again and again. Um, there are not many m movies that can do that with you. Sure. And that's because this half point is it worth. Movies who are uh, which are setting kind of a base for so many other movies. And in the newer time, there's only man one movie which is doing this, not as strong as Back to the Future, but as well doing it, which is Matrix. Matrix, part one. Part one, of yeah. course. Which was only part one. the base on only a technical level for movies like even like Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Just on a technical level. But back to the future. Scary movie. Scary, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> scary movie, yes of course. But Back to the Future was doing this on a serious technical way in a way which And it's I absolutely entertaining. It's perfectly entertaining. So easy. It is. When you go to uh, to a cinema You want to be entertained, and it absolutely entertains you from the first until the last second. True, agree. All right. So, um, so what do we have down for novelty, or do you need me to explain that one? Oh yeah, the novelty definitely. Oh, um, we we are not talking about. Uh, Yeah, it, we are not talking about two and three. We are only talking about one. So we're not Correct. talking about hoverboard, right? No. Correct. When you look back in time, of course, the skateboard. But this yeah. kind of doesn't work because it's going back, right? Mm -hmm. Then we have, of course, the time machine. Yeah. On the technical level. So... Oh. Um, We have science fiction movies before this. Uh, we've uh, seen different um, different plays on um, the subjects. We've seen romantic movies. Uh, I think it's building on a lot of these levels, but it's there are not many movies that combined all of these elements and did it in a way that seemed successful. I mean, you've had or you had comedic science fiction movies that worked well in the 80s. Ghostbusters is in there um, that was ultimately successful in a similar way. But uh, I think the the novel parts of this movie are um, the way it uses time travel successfully uh, and maybe some of the technical effects. But uh, outside of that, like... I, I wouldn't say this is taking up a novel subject matter necessarily um, outside no. of time travel. And um, I can't think of too many other pieces. So I gave it an eight. Um, maybe it, it built the career of um, Michael J. Fox hmm. because all the roles he had after that um, shown that little nice guy maybe that's something this is peak michael j fox but the show that built him was an american sitcom called family ties that he yeah. was one of the stars of so i don't know if this is his peak role be known in germany because nobody knows in germany we only I, I, know I, I okay but 
but there are better ones. There was not yeah, okay, not very really, uh, yeah. uh, not very successful in Germany. If it's Germany. successful, it was seen yes, but not so successful yeah. without all the other things. So yes, definitely, that was the movie which made him successfully yeah. international. Well, it's that's that'll grant you. I I still think. Um, that ultimately any success he has afterwards are built a little bit on the back of this franchise and he turns into a much, much bigger star. But uh, I don't think that it built his brand by itself, at least for the American audience. And at, you know, during the 80s, up until maybe about, gosh, uh, 2005, movies were not made for an international audience. They were made for... um, you know, American audiences and then hoped that it would translate elsewhere. Whereas currently, like, um, the, if you're hoping to open a movie and have it be ultimately successful, you want to have the Chinese market, the European market and the American market and have them all simultaneously do well. Part of the reason that the recent star Wars movies weren't as big as, uh, some others, or even like the Avengers movies is they don't, play well in uh, Europe and China because they don't have the same connection sometimes that uh, American audiences do because it's an older uh, franchise. The Avengers franchise is such a more modern franchise that all of these audiences have grown up with it. But at the time, you're not building upon that. So Michael J. Fox is built on possibly uh, one of the three biggest shows of the 80s at the time. It was probably between The Cosby Show, uh, Family Ties, and uh, Cheers at, at during the 80s for an American television audience, and he was a part of one of them. But this movie took him from being, you know, a, a star of a TV show to being a, a movie star. And so that, that does build something, but I don't know if that fits into novelty necessarily. Okay. So then we agree to eight. Okay. We do. All right. Eight's all around, so we can do that. Uh, all right. Classicness. I'm sure this is probably one of the more difficult categories to explain. So uh, I think rewatchability is self-explanatory, and you guys are probably going to grade this out much higher uh, because you watched this movie a lot more than I have. So I already mentioned to you the George McFly spying on someone. That does not age well in a Me Too environment. No. Um, them, stripping, them stripping uh, his pants off and him sleeping in his underwear. Also, kind of weird. <laughs> um, the, the use of the DeLorean. I know it's classic, but... You know, the fact that AMC as a, uh, you know, as a brand even, let alone the car itself, um, doesn't exist. There are elements of that that, you know, don't necessarily fit 35 years later. So I, I think it ages, but I there are certain elements of it that don't, you know, I, I can't give it a full 10. So uh, I went with seven and a half. Um, I can probably be convinced up to an eight. Because this is somewhat of a period movie, and because we have the benefit of hindsight where you're making a movie in 1985 that's mostly about 1955, you have the benefit of looking back with some hindsight and um, not having weird elements. But there are are some 
cringy parts of this movie that uh, didn't age well. Also, mm, uh, Pepsi Free? Okay, what, what the hell is Pepsi Free? Pepsi Free. <laughs> <laughs> free of paying? Free of what? <laughs> mm. um, yeah. the, the things that never uh, get an age is the score. Absolutely the score, the music. Yeah. Because um, yeah. you can ever play that music if it is orchestral music or is it uh, uh, the rock music everyone knows it yeah. and everyone gets a feeling about it yeah. every sure. time no I'll but buy that the only thing that will never will never get any age yeah okay so what would you have for a point total If this is the only one, I would like to agree with you. I'm fine yeah. with this. Okay. All right. Uh, rewatchability. I hope I don't have to explain much of this one, but basically, how many, or, you know, um, do you watch this movie regularly, essentially, but uh, have no problem rewatching it? You know, it's fun no matter how many times you watch it or, um, you know, I, I place it into the same category. Um, I We did Ferris Bueller, even though I haven't uploaded the episode um, yet. We're keeping it in reserve. But uh, we did a Ferris Bueller episode not too long ago. And I watched it the first time through. Then Sarah's like, I haven't seen this movie. So I played it again. I literally played it back to back, which is about the first time I've done that ever with a movie in probably 20 years but uh essentially that um you get uh, or that you can watch it back to back without it being a problem you know on a scale of one to ten how rewatchable is this movie um this is only the second time i've seen it i know you guys are gonna differ with me on it but i had it in an eight and a half this is not one of those that like is one of necessarily my favorites um, I enjoy the movie, but it's not one that I'm rewatching a lot. When I think about it, I cannot imagine any movie that I would like to see more often than that one. Absolutely. Because um, in German uh, television, it's uh, shown, I guess, about three times a year. And uh, every time uh, I, I see it, Oh, I, I, when I, when I change the, the channels and I see, oh, there's Back to the Future, I stop there and watch the movie. Always. And there's no other movie that can do that with me. Maybe Star Wars, maybe Matrix, but uh, both of them are not shown so many times. Maybe Blues Brothers, I like that very much. But Spencer and Tensei movies might be yeah, that of them. Yeah, <laughs> just very, very few movies can yeah. keep or shows can keep us from yeah. staying with these movies when browsing around. So that's what it is. That what we start in the yeah. saying in the beginning because that's that must be a ten. Nothing, yeah. nothing less. Absolutely ten. Everybody we, else feel the same. Maybe you you cannot imagine that because you're too young for that. <laughs> if, if you. If you are an 80s guy, you would absolutely agree. <laughs> I'm sure your mom would agree, yeah. and she's... No. 
seventies. First of all, first off, my mom um, barely remembers any of the movies that she has seen, so that's tough for you to begin with. But two, this doesn't even make her top ten list. I guarantee you on that one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if she gets the permission to get to Germany now. <laughs> I will have to talk to my sister, yeah? I <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with Alex. It's yeah. a 10. It's a movie. So, Whenever you get to it, you, yeah, you stay with it. it. You stick yeah. to it. If there would so be there, a, there, an... For me, there are two there are rarely movies which I can watch over and over again. So this is, uh, hey, I've this seen is, that one. It's a rerun. <laughs> yeah. So this is, uh, this is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, maybe. Yes, um, yeah. This this movie. This is uh, Star Wars. Uh, no, no. This is Kill Bill. This Kill is Bill. Sin City. Sin City is great. Yes. Echt, really? So mm. this this are movies which I could watch, watch over and over and, 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 and I would never get bored by it. Okay. Yeah. So um. Okay. So it's a ten. It's a ten. So it's a and ten all the way around. Otherwise, you get trumped <laughs> for four years oh. again. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's not yeah, happening. Okay. But. What's the ten? Okay. All right, so let me just add this up with a 9.4 audience score and all of our other ones. So let me just recap. Legacy, 9.75 is the average. Then we had uh, 9.17 for impact significance. Uh, we have an 8 uh, all around for novelty. We had a 7.5 for classicness. We had a 9.625 on rewatchability and a 9.4 audience score for a grand total of 53.45, uh, which puts it at the number one on the list. Yay! <laughs> USA! 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 That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> doesn't matter. Dude, doesn't matter. USA! All right, so first question. Why did the Libyans need to kill Doc Brown? Why wouldn't they, like, kidnap him and force him to make the bomb? That doesn't make sense. It, it just never will make sense to me. Uh, I don't understand the question. The Libyans, warum wollten die eine Bombe bauen? Yeah, why do Libyans <clears throat> want to make a bomb? Because 9-11 uh, can happen every year. Well, the Libyans, okay. The Libyans at the time were like uh, part of the the under Gaddafi were kind of similar to Iraq, you know, under Hussein or you know Iran. They were part of like the producers need some enemies, and um, they put something out. Sounds uh, uh, no, that's like, not that's not that's not that's not a problem. That's pretty easy when you well, say the Libyans. No, I don't care yeah, about the My question is, is why did they kill Doc Brown instead of, like, kidnapping him and forcing him to make the bomb? Like, okay, the whole point is they it. steal the plutonium for uh, him to I make understand. a dirty bomb to yes. use on the United States. And I when he understand. doesn't make 
They come after him with guns and shoot him instead of trying to plutonium or trying to kidnap him or any of the other things. It just it's a it's a weird part of the plot that, given modern cinema, doesn't really fit. And they have a um, VW, the Volkswagen. Well, okay, but at the time, you know, that was still um, at least uh, a more notable car. I mean, they have started release. I thought they started making those again. Um, it is not. It does make sense. Thing of the Libyans at um, at Muslimic terrorists. So far, so good. So these guys went to Dagbo and paid him a lot of money and gave him plutonium to build a bomb for them, a dirty bomb. He didn't do it. He screwed them. So far, so good. After a certain time, they found out that they were screwed by him. So they might be those, I mean, they are, they are Muslimic terrorists. So they are blinded, strange, um, uh, extremists, extremistic guys. So, what happened to them? They've been screwed by somebody. What do you do with you when, when you have been screwed by somebody? You take revenge. If you are, um, if you are so blinded in your mind, yeah, you, you don't think clearly. You just go for revenge. There you go. So you have to kill him. That does not make no sense. I, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'll I'll accept that as an explanation, but it doesn't. It does. It's just not going to make sense to me. It's it's not. But all right. Next question. Uh, what does George McFly do as an occupation? What's his job? He's a pupil. No, the older one. Mm. He's an author. Mm, no. no. Well, but he that's his first book. Yes, um, Bilders. Hmm. He works in the same company as Bill because he has to, to write something and um, put his uh, Bill's name on it. It's a weird question. In what company yeah. these two guys are working? Well, and what are they doing? Exactly. Because like I think it defines how the structure, because, you know, in the first part of the movie, he's working under Jeff. By the end of it, he's supposedly rich. So by not knowing what he does for a living... They've changed Biff's job completely, and so now he's working in as like an auto mechanic or whatever, as mm-hmm. opposed to now we have no idea what George does other than he's just now written his first book, or at least that's what we're supposed to believe. So is he? Um, is it not his first book? Is it you know something bigger? What I just. It's an open-ended question that they never really explain as part of the plot. Yes, but is it necessary to be explained? What you know is necessary, that no. he's the other one and he's a successful one. Yeah. And he's happy with the situation. That is the point that needs to be... Uh, that, net, that, that does not need to yeah. be explained. It's an office job, clearly, because he's writing some kind of reports. But... um. Yeah, could be kind of anything. But does it make the movie better, not does it need to be explained? I think it could have potentially at least... I don't need much, 
I need a, maybe one or two lines added to the movie, but it, it would explain and make things or make things make a little bit more sense. Mm. I guess if they do it, they uh, they get the speed out of the storytelling. In All the right. first, um, in the first um, auditions to some test audience, um, they had some minutes more, about five or six minutes, more, and then they cut it out because there are things that do not need to be explained. Because well, after the, the hit to Biff, he changed. And, yeah. Uh, when Mark went back in '85, um. He sees that it's changed. The the home is a different, the uh, um, the couch is different, and the um, the kids are different. Uh, Dave is wearing a suit, and uh, the sister is uh, does something else. Everything has changed. And do you really need that fucking line just to be explained something, dude? Really? You said the F word. Okay. Oh, sorry. Cut it out. <laughs> Fuck. No. Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> First off, we don't we don't need to cut that out because I swear all the time on this fucking podcast. So just relax. But anyway, the point being, again, it doesn't need to be there, but it makes it better because it, there's parts of this as far as the plot. It's not like where, um, you know, we're trying to get overly technical like we did with the car and the lightning strike and all of that whole sequence because... You suspend disbelief. But this is the difference between, um, you know, having a tight plot line that makes sense. Essentially, we've solved one problem and created another. We solve that now George is successful, but we don't know why he's successful. Other than, you know, he's been he, able he to gain some level of confidence. He got self-confidence, and that's enough. Okay, so if you automatically no, we are gonna be rich. This not watching this in San Francisco. You know that this inside. Do you know that? Oh, we have to cross that line because Thomas has to hear it. Dude, we have to. It's not impossible. It's not needed to have this explained. No, I'm sorry. I absolutely not. George McCoy Go over it. is a different guy. He has a different past. The past and your experiences in your past is what you make what you are right now. And this what happened about the binoculars? I need some sentence about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. There are flaws in this plot line and in this movie. I don't care. It's it. Yes, there are. Uh, all right. Question number three. Why does Biff suddenly get the urge to essentially assault slash rape Lorraine? Mm. Could you repeat that? Yeah, the connection is bad. Please repeat that. Okay, why does Biff suddenly get the urge to essentially assault slash rape Lorraine? Uh, he goes from like 1 to 60 and uh, after she kisses Marty and then uh, like that whole thing breaks off. He ends up coming over to the car and like trying to assault her um, in a way that doesn't seem to like make sense that he's all of a sudden like uh, he has barely had a thing for Lorraine throughout the entire movie. And now he's turned into like 
um, some guy that's just going to sexually assault her in a car while his posse stands around. It's another part of the movie that just, it, to me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <clears throat> but they explained it. Um, uh, when uh, Marjorie is in school, in the high school, and talks to, to George to invite Lorraine, you see that Biff uh, get in touch with Lorraine, and she uh, doesn't want it. But he did until Marty stopped. So in this continuous with the so it's ex completely explained. He's an asshole, and he comes through with it until it hits him out. The question. All right. Is, this certain scene in the car is a little bit more strange. It's a little bit more intense because yes. he was close to rape her. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think it looks reason, great in the hindsight. The reason why Biff came, uh, even was um, after Lorraine all the time. Biff, Biff was after Lorraine all the time. Yep. That is clearly seen. And this has been in both timelines. At the parking lot, Biff came to the car, not because of Lorraine. He came there because of Marty. Because he had something with Marty, with his car. What has happened in the changed, in the original timeline, Biff wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do whatever else. Didn't, wouldn't go to Lorraine in the parking spot. So that is a difference, that is a change, a change, and this is why in the original timeline, Biff hadn't assaulted um, Lorraine. In this changed timeline, Biff was almost raping Lorraine, and uh, this led, to, of course, to um, George's big moment. In the original timeline, whatever has happened, by chance, have happened yes but didn't happen because there was never a situation like this but here we had Honey Wayne showing almost her boobies because she wants to go with Marty and Biff jumped into the scene catching Marty and then seeing Luane and getting Honey as her so um, this situation that didn't happen in the original timeline just in the new timeline. So it's All right. a little strange, a little weird, but not unrealistic. Okay. I I see the point. I just, you know, it, it's something that doesn't age well for me. All right. Now, my final and biggest discussion you question. You just didn't. Once again, network problems. Okay. Can you hear me now? It's a little breaking. Waking up. It's like a stop motion. Stop motion. <laughs> stop motion, not hearing. 
We see. Okay. Well, I mean, I wasn't no, talking. No, you're dancing. <laughs> on the moon, we see. On the All right, so can you understand me now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, so final question. Why wouldn't Marty's parents remember him in the future? Good they do. question. Because they no. Might, do they not? They don't remember they do. him as the guy they, they met. I know the I know the the uh, Twitter thing with uh, with the other actor. It's explained. It's completely explained. Of no, course, um, it's remember because. They And you cut out. Marky. Connection, connection. Are you back? Yes. Okay. They remember. And she... Lorraine says that. Oh, Marty, it's a very nice name. And to their third child, they give them the... They remember. Of course they do. They remember a okay. guy, but they won't remember that this was the, her, their son. Yep. And there are no, no photographs. Try to remember people you you met in, in school 20 years ago. Do you know no. okay. all exact detail of how they are looking or all the names? You do not. I do not. Okay, I don't remember and names. I, I am terrible yeah. with names. But I remember the face of every person I've met in my life. So this thing, it's it's not a story. It's completely clear. No, it is not. I disagree. It doesn't make so much sense because he was such an important guy. She fell in love with him. She almost go with him like hell. So. She would when she, she was fucking several times. Yeah, yeah. but and she would remember. She it was because they realized that it doesn't fit between each other. Yeah. So maybe she forgot it. Maybe maybe it's uh, he okay. turned like he turned out like a very very good friend, which helped them to come together, yeah. which is part maybe. of their story coming together. So I think exactly. the real reason why they don't realize that it's their own son. Is the following reason. It was not written in the script. <laughs> That's exactly right. It is the biggest plot hole of this entire movie. The guy that is part of the story of how you met and how you fell in love and is significant to uh, all of the stuff that came after it. You remember his name, but you don't remember him? Really? Um you know, it's one thing to say that you don't remember peripheral people or the guy who sat to my left in, you know, uh, freshman English. But it's another thing entirely to say that the guy who played a significant role in how the outcome of my life was, and I don't remember him. It's just not possible. It's just not. I agree. I do not. I wish we could talk more, but I'm having a friend for dinner. Uh, that's it for us this week. Um, Dana and I will be back with our regular podcast uh, later in the week. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review. 
um, to uh, get the new episodes of each podcast each week. Uh, if you provide a review, it'll help others find the show. Um, if uh, you would like to be a guest host on the show, um, let us know at uh, either tj3.duncan uh, at gmail.com or uh, contact us via the um, website that we usually provide in the show notes. Uh, until next week, thanks everybody and have a great one.